How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to TLDR Podcast. I believe it is 109. 110. 110. Wow. Yeah, I'm, on, I'm bro, even episodes. <laughs> I'm even behind, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, we we love to have you back. Um, we're having yet another um, great episode for you this week. It is hot outside. Um, that is that is absolutely for sure. Uh, James, I know that last week you did not have a very great week because your AC was out. Ooh. Has it been fixed? And if not, how are you living? I mean, I'm, I'm alive. So yeah, it got fixed. Last week was absolutely brutal. I was pretty much just <laughs> puddle of my own sweat every single night as my house was like 87 degrees each night. It was brutal. Yummy. It's like hot, but isn't like it isn't like a dry heat here. It's like humid. Yes. And that's even worse. It's it disgusting. Is. And it never cooled down. But it got fixed. And it, all it took was this little like spray paint can thing that they put into the AC unit. Super simple fix. Took like five minutes to do. And boom. Now I can see peacefully again. And my house is sitting at 72 degrees. Mm-hmm. Love oh, it. Wow. Yeah. 72 sounds really nice. I just don't think that we could afford that. But yeah, luckily, awesome. it's all <laughs> built in for you. Um, on the other side, Tyler. New house, or I guess new apartment. Do you have any issues with the AC, or is your AC just running smooth this hot summer? No, we're running smooth. It's more just how much do we actually want to run it, you know, how much you want to pay. Uh, thankfully, it's not too bad out here. We're sitting at, you know, kind of mid-80s right now, so it's not anything too crazy. We're not in the 90s or 100s where a lot of places in California are right now. Um, so most of the time, we can get away with, you know, opening a window or two or a fan. So, yeah, so not too bad, but, yeah, definitely it's more just – uh AC works fine, thankfully, um, but more just how much you actually want to use it. You know, you got to balance that. Oh, yeah. And Alex, Central Cal, do you live in an area that's a little cooler? No. 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 <laughs> uh, I'd probably say I live in the place that's the hottest out of all of us, um, but it makes good wine. So, you know, things are so fine. Yeah. But that white thing above my shoulder right there. Uh, are like individual AC units yeah. for each rooms in the house. So I don't have to run it like the whole house at once, which is nice. Huge. Um, but I have not been turning them on. Uh, I just open some windows in the morning because it's cool in the morning because it gets the ocean breeze and then it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, I love to hear. I love that you're able to do that. I mean, I, we don't have that ocean breeze, so we don't, we, it doesn't get cool enough to do that. However, funny you talk about the, your little, uh, your, your little unit up there. We are going to get a couple of those upstairs um, this week. So um, that, that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, lots of projects going on, um, but the summer is in, well, the dog days of summer in full swing. It is very hot, but we're not even going to waste time. You know, let, let's just get right into it. Um we can't say it's a dog days of summer for the MLB because it is in absolute full swing. We are very close to, well, not very close, but we're, we're, we're creeping up on the, uh, on the postseason, Tyler. Um, and I know that we're going to be talking about some postseason uh, postseason action. So uh, why don't you take it away? Absolutely. I was also going to say a nice, great way to cool down is sip on a nice, cool Chardonnay, which oh, I got nice. right here. So it definitely, definitely helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, anyway, so let's talk some baseball. Um, as you mentioned, the postseason race is heating up. We're approaching mid-August where it really starts to get interesting. Um, a lot of teams made a lot of moves this week. Um, it was kind of picky to trip to pick which teams I want to talk about. I want to give an honorable mention to the St. Louis Cardinals, who took over their division for the first time since I believe like early June. Um, so they they had they, they're they're on a big winning streak right now. Um, but I wanted to talk first about uh the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they've been in first pretty much all year. 
but they had a huge week against two division rivals that they swept both the giants and the Padres this week. Um, so they've really separated themselves uh, coming into today. I believe they have a, I think it's a 16 and a half lead currently as, as we sit coming into Tuesday here, which is the biggest in baseball at the moment. Um, as I mentioned, they out, they outscored both the giants and the Padres uh, this week, 45 to 14. It uh, wasn't even really that close. Um, no one can, in that division seems to be able to touch them right now. So, I mean, I think it's not for sure, obviously, but it's looking like pretty solid that the Dodgers are going to win the NL West this season. But I want to know what you guys think about, it's always interesting to see who is the first team to clinch. And as we sit right now, the Dodgers are looking like they're going to be that team, but things can always change. Uh, the Padres, I feel like might go on a run a little bit late and make that a little bit closer, uh, but, but, we'll, but we'll see what happens. But kind of looking at everyone's division right now, you know, you guys think the Dodgers are going to be the first one to, to clinch or do you got another team that might sneak in and be the first team to clinch a division title? Trayden, what do you think? I mean, with a 16-game lead in the NL West, I mean, I, I just – and given the fact that the Dodgers just seem to, you know, be the team that we kind of expected them to be, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that they are going to give up that 16 um, run lead. Yeah. They could give up a few here and there, but it, it's too strong. And the Dodgers are playing some of the best baseball going into, you know, going into the postseason. that they will be the, in my opinion, they will be the first to clinch. I guess, I guess the question is whether, whether uh, you really aren't looking at it, whether they're going to be the first to clinch in the division, are they going to be the first to clinch at all? And, you know, it, it really will come down to how the other, how the other uh, uh, divisions are kind of stacking up. I look at the AL West, and just simply because the, um, the, well, actually the, the, the spreads, not even that, not even as wide as a 16 games. So there you go. I mean, it's, 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 it seems like it's the Dodgers um, to lose in terms of the first to clinch at this point. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. It's looking, looking pretty good right now, Alex. I mean, it's gotta be fun to be a Dodger fan right now, um, especially beating up on two division rivals, uh, and especially with the, you know, the Padres coming into town after that big Juan Soto deal. Um, and we just completely obliterate. I think they're still on a scoreless streak of like 28 innings or something going on right now. Something, something stupid where they haven't scored a run in a, in a long time. Um, but, you know, the Padres just can't seem to beat the Dodgers. But does that give you some kind of like, or do you feel like they are like, because I think they play each other nine more times this season. Do you feel like the Padres have any chance of beating the Dodgers? Like what, what is, what is the Dodgers secret right now? Uh, I mean, they're just a better team. Um, I mean, they've always, and you know, it happens like teams get into other teams heads sometimes. I mean, the Dodgers kind of had that with the Cardinals and they sort of still do with the Cardinals for reasons that don't really make sense. You know, some things it's kind of like the Rams and the Niners. Like you could generally say the Rams have been a better team the last three years Couldn't beat the Niners for like six games in a row. So sometimes it's just, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely for the Padres, you know, I mean, even during that Sunday night game, they were talking to the owner and he pretty much said like, yeah, they're, they're the beasts like up the freeway that we need to beat. Um, and until they do, like, there's no reason to assume the Dodgers can't just continue to mow them down. Um, obviously like, and that's not, and just think about like, so the, the Dodgers pitched Andrew Heaney, Tony Gonsolin, and Tyler Anderson. You could have gotten Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, and Dustin May. No, no trying and no Gratterall. Like, 
these are these were three guys that were a kind of an afterthought going into the season. Um, so yeah, the Padres like eventually you're gonna have to prove to baseball that you can beat the Dodgers. Like you've been trying to do it for three years now. You, you know, you you had a great series in the playoffs during the bubble. You didn't win. You've completely faltered last year. Uh, thank you, James, for that, my money. And then now they can't beat them again. So um, San Diego, like eventually you're going to have to show up. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see. I mean, a four, four game sweeps of the Giants and a three game sweeps of the Padres in a week is pretty great if you're a Dodgers fan. Yeah. I will say that, uh, Alex, we've been saying that about the Rams and the Niners for a long time, and we saw how that ended up. So who knows if, if that'll actually, if that could, uh, that could it occur could, this year. No, like obviously the Padres have a lot of talent and they are very capable of being just as good as the Dodgers. But right now they have to shut up and prove it. And that was the exact same thing the Rams had to do. And just luckily for Rams fans and unluckily for Niners fans, the Rams did it in the biggest moment. So if the Padres do that in the NLCS or something this year, then I will give them all the props in the world because that will be, you know, that'd be huge for them. Yeah, certainly. James, kind of look at the Padres. I'm kind of going to flip a question at you that's not prepared, but they're <laughs> since the trade deadline, since they got one settled, they're one and six. I think they're hitting like under 200. Obviously, it's a week. It's not a whole lot of period of time, but does that like worry you that the Padres might have, you know, kind of overbought Juan Soto and maybe kind of overhyped him a little bit? Um, Cause he wasn't having the best season, obviously I think long-term sure. Probably, probably a good idea, but looking at this year and kind of just, do you think the Dodgers have this in the, in the bag in terms of like being the first team to wrap up a division? Um, and they kind of, are you worried about the Padres slow start since acquiring Juan Soto? Uh, first question first. Yeah. The Dodgers are easily going to be the first team to clinch the division. Simple math, like 16 games up next highest is 11.5 games up. It'll take a major disaster and an Angels like losing streak for the Dodgers to not clinch first place. So they're going to do it. Second part of the question for the Padres the slow start does not worry me. Uh, reason being is when you trade for somebody like Juan Soto, who is regarded as one of the best hitters, like soon to be, can be great based on what he's done in the past and what he's, I mean, he hasn't had the best season this year, but what he's done in the past and his age, you take that extrapolate and you're like, wow, he could be great. But many people look at it and you just look like they brought this guy to be the savior for this team. And even people for the Potters organization and the, um, the players think the same thing. Like if you bring in somebody who's supposed to be the best at their job, you kind of take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit and kind of sit and watch some greatness and just kind of rely on that. I think that's what's happening right now. They're all looking at Juan Soto to do Juan Soto things, which he hasn't done, which is okay. He's 23 years old. It's going to happen. You're going to go through a slump. It's been six games, seven games. He can fix that. But the entire other Padres players can't take a seat and just watch him play and not give it their all because he's there now. In order for the team to continue winning, everybody has to give their best day in and day out. They're not doing that right now. And that's the reason why they're having a slow start. Once they figure that out, once they're, once they get on that, hot seat a little bit after just not scoring runs multiple games at a time, they'll figure it out in the BI, but it's been a week. I'm not too worried. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think in baseball, you know, it's, it's such a small sample size, six, six or seven games is nothing compared to the grand scope. Even, even when we're talking, you know, kind of mid August time, uh, I do think that the Padres will definitely figure things out and start clicking. And, you know, that's one thing I've thought about, you know, I think, you know, right now the Dodgers have dominated the Padres kind of the last two seasons really. But, you know, come playoff time, if they get hot, man, they're going to be a great team and they're going to be quite uh, quite a force. 
Speaking of another team that's going to be quite a force, moving on to my next point, uh, Jacob deGrom for the New York Mets finally made his return, and he looks the best he's ever been, which is saying a lot because this dude, I think, is hands down the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, he is throwing gas. He's striking guys out with 102-mile-an-hour stuff. He's setting career highs with velocity. He looks nasty. Um, on Sunday, he struck out 12 12 Braves uh, and the Mets beat, beat or took three out of four from the Braves of the weekend, which really extended their division lead. They're now up seven on Atlanta, which kind of crushed Atlanta. They've been trying to catch the Mets all year and they just haven't done it. Now they're seven back. Uh, so really took a big damper in the uh, Braves quest to repeat as division champs. Um, so as you look at the Mets now with DeGrom here trading, like, where do you rank the Mets now? I know they kind of pretty much have their full pitching staff finally for the first time all year. Where do you rank them among World Series contenders? I, look, I sound, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh, it's, it's quite amazing that they, that they made it this far and it hasn't crumbled. Um, and now that they have um, DeGrom back and he's you know playing the way he is, I, I, I think that, if you're any team in the uh, in the NL, you you have to be worried about this team. This team is, has been playing great baseball for pretty much the entire season. I mean, they they had their hiccups, but so does every other team in the in the MLB. Right now, they're uh, I know that they're a bit far back from you know say the Dodgers, but they have a nice seven game lead against the Atlanta Braves. They are a team that is finding ways to win um, night in night out. Um, there seems to be a belief system in that, in that, um, in that group of players, which is huge going into, um, you know, going into the stretch here, you know, you're up, you're up against, uh, the reds for today and tomorrow. I mean, you should, there should be no worry there. Um, and then Phil, and then you get another nice, um, nice bout of, you get Phillies, Braves, and then Phillies again, um, uh, before you play, uh, uh, you know, before you play the Yankees for a couple of games, that, the, the, that stretch of games, those two weeks there is going to be huge, um, uh, is going to be huge for them to continue that momentum. Um, I, I look, I, I think that this is a contending team. Um, uh, if, you know, there's only a, there's only a hand, less than a handful, I'd say, you know, two or three that I think are contenders in the NL. And I think the Mets are second on that list. Okay. I like that. Um, Alex, do you agree with trading that they're kind of sitting at number two at the moment with, with the Grom there? Yeah, um, definitely in the national league. Um, I mean, I would, you know, with their health and with the way the Yankees health is going the opposite direction. Um, you know, I'd say the Mets are, you know, currently the better team in New York. Um, and I'd probably, you know, if we're doing like a whole baseball, you know, they're probably the third, you know, but in my, in my opinion, behind the Astros and the Dodgers and then the Mets, um, as a Dodgers fan, uh, you know, the Mets are probably the team that scares me the most going into the playoffs, especially because unless something catastrophic happens, like they'll end up, you know, missing that buy the, or they will get the buy. They'll miss those wild card series, um, which is going to be huge. Cause that's going to, that's three games now instead of one. Um, so you're, you're missing, you know, you're going to keep, that means you get fresh, DeGrom and fresh Scherzer in that first series. So as long as uh, Jacob DeGrom can stay healthy, which unfortunately for baseball fans, he has not been able to do over the last like two plus years. Um, you know, I hope he does cause he's super fun to watch, but um, just, a, just something to look out for. Yeah. James uh, kind of to piggyback on what Alex just said, do you believe that DeGrom 
has the health behind him going into this last stretch here? Do you think you'll stay healthy for the remainder of this season and the playoff run? And kind of the same question I ask these guys, like where do you rank the Mets among uh, baseball as, as World Series contenders? I actually do believe that DeGrom can finally stay healthy. We talked about Keenan Allen last week uh, for football and how Keenan Allen traded and said, wow, he's like the epitome of health. But that was not the case for a while. For a while, he had just weird injuries and same thing happened to DeGrom. He, for a while, he had some weird injuries, took him a while to get back. Then once he was finally healthy, you saw we are year in, year out, always playing, never missing a game. And especially the pitcher with five to six days off between each start, you expect him to stay a little bit healthier. And with DeGrom missing like over a year, you expect him to be a little healthier going into this next three or four months of games. So I, I'm not worried about DeGrom right now and his health. I think DeGrom is going to be fine. I think it's more so just stretching him out properly, doing it the right way instead of putting him in there for nine innings, stay at five for a couple games, do some six, do some seven, maybe eight if you're doing well, but then I mean, at that point, pull him kind of thing. Um, and when it comes, I agree with everybody else on the podcast on where the Mets rank. They're number two. It's going to be in the, LL, in the NL. It's Dodgers, and then it's the Mets. And it's not so much a question of whether they're going to end up at the regular season because you put them in the playoffs, the regular season stats and records don't necessarily matter. When you're pitching to Grom and shares are back-to-back, you're going to kill a whole lot of momentum from that opposing batting. So it's huge. True that. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, uh, I think the Dodgers go to New York to play the Mets, I think the first week of September, maybe the last week of August, somewhere around that time. So that should be a really good matchup to kind of see where those two teams are at. Hopefully, I mean, the, the Mets will be close to full health. Um, Dodgers, um, pitching-wise, probably not as much, but um, I think that they're gonna. that's going to be a really, really exciting matchup to watch uh, coming down the last couple months here. So last point, we're talking about postseason. Uh, one team has kind of snuck into the conversation that nobody expected. The Baltimore Orioles entering today, ladies and gentlemen, are one game back, just one game back of the third wildcard spot in the American League. I believe they have the third or fourth best record since the beginning of June in all of baseball. Like This team has been playing very good baseball the last couple of months which again, no one expects. This is a team that's been one of the worst teams in baseball the last four or five seasons. We're starting to kind of see the, the, the fruits of that labor of that rebuild with some of these young players kind of really showing up. It's kind of an interesting team because they were kind of like both buyers and sellers at the trade deadline. It was kind of weird. So I don't think the team necessarily thinks that they can make the postseason this year, but they're sitting there and that American wildcard spot is wide open right now. Um, so simple question. Do you buy or sell Baltimore as a postseason team in 2022 trading? Uh, I, I, I would have to fade that one. Um, I'm going to have to fade it just simply based on, you know, I, 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 I have to give full props to the Baltimore Orioles, but you look at, you look at the string of games they had and they were against some teams that you'd expect, you know, Winning is winning. I'm not going to say winning is, is not hard. Winning is very hard, especially consistently. But it was against co- competition that, you know, is not quite as formidable as, you know, as other teams, I guess. Um, they, they, have a, they have a pretty tough schedule to finish out. They still have, they still have a, um, a swath of games against the, uh, uh, against the Astros. They have the Blue Jays again. They have the Yankees again. The Mariners are sitting with a little bit easier schedule. And they're the ones, obviously, that you're talking about that that is a little bit ahead, I presume. Uh, looking at the standings, I, I hope I'm right there. And they have a lot easier schedule 
you know, they play the guardians, they play the, the tigers bunch of times. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the, those are game, and they play the angels, which, well, there you go. Um, lock it in. So you, you, you have to think that Seattle's just, it, just based on their, uh, on their schedule. I think that they just have a better chance of making the postseason. However, that's not to say that if Baltimore continues this pace, this is torrid. This is a torrid pace. They will make it because, you know, in the last, uh, 10 games the Oilers oh, the or, almost said Oilers the Oils are seven and three and the uh the Mariners are five and five I mean on that trend <laughs> that would that would suggest the Orioles are going to the postseason but I, I I just don't know if they're going to have the uh the ability to close it out yeah uh Alex I mean obviously the kind of two teams they're kind of fighting Orioles and Mariners you know, two teams that haven't made a long time. Mariners hold the record, I think, you know, or they're currently the, the longest playoff drought in all of baseball. The multiple Orioles team, you know, I think the Mariners had a lot more expectations than the Orioles for sure. What do you think is a better story? Orioles coming in there with zero expectations or the Mariners finally breaking that long postseason drought? I mean, I still think the better, I mean, the better story is still probably the Mariners. I mean, it's been since 2001. They had the expectations. They got off to such a terrible start. Um, and then have now kind of vaulted themselves. I mean, Julio Rodriguez is just, you know, I think he's still kind of hurt, but leading, you know, leading that team is like a 20 year old, whoever old he is. Um, I mean, realistically, I hope they could both make it and maybe like Tampa falls out of it or something. Cause like Camden yards where the Orioles play in the playoffs is crazy. It's a beautiful ballpark. Um, you know, but if you're the Orioles, I think you just, you, you know, you try to build on the success. You kind of like what the Mariners did last year. We weren't, no one was really expecting the Mariners to really push for a playoff spot last year. They came, you know, a game or two short, um, you know, Seattle at T-Mobile Park, where the fuck it's called now, was like rocking at the end of the year. So hopefully the Orioles can do that. Um, but Traden's kind of right with the um, strength of schedule. The Orioles have the work, like the hardest schedule remaining in the American League. So um, you know, and they traded away their franchise player and Trey Mancini and their closer. Um, so like realistically, I don't think they're going to make it, but a Seattle Mariners, you know, making the playoffs, hopefully somehow they can sneak into having some home field games. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I still think the Mariners is probably the better story. All right. Uh, James, do you buy or sell the Orioles as a postseason team? And if you're selling, do you see the Orioles making the postseason next season? Uh, okay, so I'm selling, first and foremost. I agree with what everybody said so far, mainly because when the going gets tough and the tough, and it will get tough as it goes on, we talked about showing the schedule, you got to rely on the heart and soul of the team, except the Orioles traded away the heart and soul of that team. Trey Mancini is now an Astro. That sucks. And I mean, nobody, management doesn't believe they're going to make it. That's why they sold Trey Mancini. Do I think they're going to be a playoff contender next year probably not um i think a lot of this was because of what trey mancini has gone through and how this team has built was built and bought into that trey mancini story next year is going to be completely different there's got to be there's going to be a change to the guard somebody else is going to step in and fill that role can that person be the same person as trey mancini or better that'll be tough to handle uh, if you have good leadership there's a possibility but the chance of you refining that same leadership is going to be very tough. So the momentum built off of this incredible season will have gone to waste. And that's unfortunate. 
for sure. Um, I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be too tough for the Orioles. Um, a lot, you know, with schedule and, you know, I think there's just so many teams in the hunt. It's going to be really tough. There's something about the Orioles team. I, I, I like the Orioles. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that ballpark or just kind of the, the, the charm of that city. That and that orange. Team. Yeah, it's definitely not the orange. That's definitely not it, <laughs> which is weird. I, I hate that color, but I don't know. I, I, I like Baltimore a lot. I kind of always have for some reason. Um, I don't know. It's like Calderon Jr. as a kid was just a player that I just admired so much. That might be why, but I, I really want the Orioles to do well. Um, I don't know why. I just have a kind of soft spot for that for that team. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I, I don't think it's going to quite happen, but it is exciting to kind of see them in the hunt and in the race, especially with them having zero expectations to be there, you know, this at, at this point in the season. So we'll see. I mean, I've said all year long, and it's holding sure that American wildcard uh, race is going to be very fascinating uh, to watch for the rest of the season. But uh, that's all I got for baseball this week. So guys, tune in. Like I said, uh, also Field of Dreams uh, games are are this week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. The uh, the Cubs and the Reds are are suiting up at the Field of Dreams. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in that. That's always a super uh, fun event to watch, and it's coming back this year. So make 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 sure you're tuning into Field of Dreams game. Love it, love it, love it. That's that's a, that'll be a fun event. Um, look. I think for uh, for James's sake, let's hope the Orioles make it in because that means the, that means Seattle doesn't make it in. That's for you, bud. That's for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we just don't see it happening. But you know what? If they can make it through this tough schedule and make it in, I mean, that's that's pretty that's impressive. A story they're gonna and a half. Be, they're going to be uh, that's going to be a story and a half. So um, we'll 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 be tuning into that. We're going to take a quick break. First of all, thank you, Tyler. That was fantastic. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Alex is going to take us through what I believe he meant by golf matchups. You know, we've seen many of the matches and, you know, we're going to talk about potential dream um, pairings when we come back. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, golf parents. So everybody, I hope, has seen a couple of these. Um, they call them the match or pairs. Uh, well, historically, it has paired a professional golfer with a with another athlete from a different uh, from a different sport, and um, they compete in a two v two matchup. I guess last last matchup was actually against the old quarterbacks and the younger quarterbacks which was pretty interesting it was interesting to not see a uh, a professional golfer there um but uh but alex the the honorary golf guy for i don't know why he picked this one but he wanted to change it up um uh wanted to talk about some dream pairings and i think that this is actually an interesting topic and uh and i'm excited for you to take take it away uh alex yeah. Um, I mean, so obviously my best friend, Josh Allen was participated in the previous one. He and I were up really late one night, just texting away. And I was like, Oh man, how was the match? Okay, I'm not actually that good of friends with Josh Allen. I saw him one time, uh, but I actually thought about this one a while ago and like, yeah, I'm not, a, not the biggest golf guy on the pod, but I thought for us, you know, obviously we all enjoy different sports or like famous people, even if you want to like do that. But yeah, dream pairing. So, um, you know, I kind of let the boys do whatever they want here. Um, I was just curious, you know, dead, alive, current athlete, retired athlete, a random famous person, if you wanted, I don't care. I'm interested to hear what the boys have to say. Uh, James, let's start with you. You were j- you've complained now twice that you want to play golf real bad. It's been 30 minutes. 
So let's, <laughs> we'll start with you. Well, honestly, it really starts with, I played NI Mills this weekend and I did well. So I really enjoyed that. I'm on a golf high right now. Mm. Uh, my golf matchups are based purely off entertainment. Not so much dream, but it's something you'd probably go on TV and watch. First one, my first pairing, MJ and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Reason being, I think MJ would be super competitive the entire time about it. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson would just be sitting there talking about physics and shit and how golf <laughs> has little or no bearing on to the universe and the vast space and how it's been multiplying over the, you know, the last couple of de- multi years. It doesn't matter. Multiverse years, physics. He talked about that before every single shot. It'll take like 15 minutes before every single shot. Then hit the ball perfectly because physics. And Michael Jordan would be like, what the fuck? How come I can't do that? And it would piss him the fuck off. I think that'd be really fun to see. My next pairing is Shohei and Peter Dinklage. Mm. The guy who plays Tyrion Lannister. Peter Dinklage is an athlete. It doesn't I'm have sorry. to be an athlete, bro. Either he's a Neil deGrasse Tyson. I swear to Oh, you said Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know. Yeah. Who did you I think? Know. I thought you said Mike Tyson. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson explaining <laughs> physics. That's why I was very confused there for a solid 30 seconds. Oh, that's funny. No, Neil deGrasse Tyson. But for Shohei and Peter Dinklage, which is the little small dude who plays uh, Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones, uh, I honestly just want to see if Shohei can be a unicorn again and just be great at golf. And if he can take that power swing into golf, he'd pretty much drive the hole every single hole. That would be insane to see. And Peter Dinklage is, like, small, so I figured that he'd have a really great short game in putting. So put those two together and we'll see what happens. Those are my pairings. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. I don't know if that, was, uh, if, if that was in bad taste or not. But Yeah. 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 Like a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. We, we, love a, we love it, though. I love it. I'm a big fan of the MJ, Neil deGrasse Tyson one because, um, as everyone knows, MJ is probably one of the most competitive people on this planet. But yeah, I can't imagine um, Neil deGrasse Tyson just going full science on him. And somehow that pissing MJ off, which would be very funny. <laughs> I do like that idea. Uh, Tyler, you're a big Neil deGrasse Tyson fan. So sure. that's how I'm going to segue into yours. Go ahead. Yeah, I love me some Neil deGrasse Tyson. I've read three of his books. Look, we're trying to find a fourth one, but um, this dude's awesome. But I read. Yeah, I read. <laughs> in fact, um, <laughs> but um yeah, I thought it was just athletes. I reread the tech. I reread the, your text, Alex, and you did say or famous person. I don't know how I missed or famous person. So I just did athletes. So here's what I, here's what I picked. Um, I decided to go with a matchup between former teammates that were kind of, as they were teammates on these teams, they, it was a little bit, um, not controversial, but uh, shaky or kind of, you know, but they were very- I better know one of your pairings. Yeah, I have a feeling I know what this is. Yeah. All right. James, what do I got? Do you have A-Rod and Jeter? Fuck. Yes, I do. Yeah, um, baby. <laughs> all right. So that's the first pairing is A-Rod and Derek Jeter. I mean, you got to look at this. Derek Jeter, you know, similar to Michael Jordan, had that killer mentality. Um, I think he would take this very seriously. And I think Alex, or sorry, A-Rod, um, <laughs> not, not Alex. Alex I would not take it serious. No, yeah, he definitely would. But <laughs> A-Rod, you know, I think has, is competitive, but he's more concerned about himself. He's a more, he's, you know, he's kind of just that, you know, douchey kind of just, I'm going to just going to do whatever I want to make me look good. And Derek Jeter's going to be like, fuck you, man, we're, we're, we're going to win this thing. So they were kind of, you know, as, as a pair of, of the Yankees, they did win a championship together, won a lot of baseball games together as a pair, but two very different personalities. It would be fun to see them team up and try to win this thing against my other matchup, which is Shaq and Kobe. 
Yep, that right. was what I was gonna say. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> she's like good now, or they were good. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously this this pairing much more successful championship wise uh, uh, compared to Jeter and A Rod, but you know, similar in terms of personalities. I think Kobe, obviously, that killer mentality would take it would take it very seriously. Try to win this thing. Shaq's just the big goofball as he is. Would be it'd be super fun to watch Shaq try and golf. I think that'd be super entertaining compared with. I guess so. I I think both matches are 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 with players that were just that super competitive nature against other teammates that not quite that same personality and just kind of more the fun light side. Um, so I think that would be super fun to watch. Yeah. Once you said the uh, teammates that kind of didn't get along, I knew you were going to say Kobe and Shaq. Like it was a 0% chance. Uh, I do like both of those. And I feel like it is funny that, you know, like Jeter and Kobe would be very serious and very competitive. And I mean, I think, Shaq would be more like fun loving and A-Rod would be more like, Oh, are my pants pleated the right way or whatever? Yeah. Like, A-Rod would definitely want to match my watch like, or all the sponsors and make sure he's trying to get, he's trying to make himself look good. He's probably going to flirt with JLo on the side. Like there's some, there's going to be some celebrity on the side he's dating, trying to make himself look good. So you like, everyone knows what A-Rod's deal is. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the person that I think of mostly that is A-Rod is probably trading. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Not at all. I was trying to come up with a good segue. <laughs> I don't even thought of that at all. T Rod. Uh, oh, what is your what is your dream? Wow, you you guys really I dug know. deep. I mean, I, I I'm I kind of scraped at the bottom of the barrel, but I do have I do have some something kind of interesting. It's actually going to be like two. Wow, this is awesome. This is pure entertainment too. Anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. I like MJ. I, th- I had MJ too. I had MJ too. Um, so I-, I want him to be paired with Samuel Jackson. Mm. I think that those two just, they're two very interesting. Uh, you know, I think that they're quite competitive, but I, and I know that uh, at least I've read that Samuel Jackson alone in his contracts requires time to play golf. So I'm pretty sure he's really into it. Um, plus I-, I think that you would have a nice counter, like you'd have like an explicit version and you'd, and you'd, and you'd, count how many times each of them cursed over the course of one hole. Um, you know, I think that there'd be a par for that too, but you'd have to go over it. And I think that they would go over it almost every single hole. <laughs> so that'll be fun. And then the other end, I'm a huge Charles Barkley guy. So um, I, and I just love to watch the guy swing a club cause it's fucking hilarious. And he just loves to, to work with the crowd. Um, and then he's paired up with Bill Murray. Bill fucking Murray is a guy that you just, you just, you just, I mean, he was in Caddyshack. So there's a, there's a little bit of a connection there. And I think these two would just, I mean, they would get completely slaughtered. Like it wouldn't even be close, but you could put them on the ladies tee and, and put the other two way back. And maybe there'd be a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, um, a handicap there. Um, but in terms of just straight entertainment value, those two, you know, and they would, they would be laughing, having fun, joking around, um, and then you'd have the other two that are cursing up a storm. And I think it would just be a fucking shit show. And that's, that's all I really care about. I don't, I don't care about good golf. I don't care about, you know, 300 yard drives. I care about fuck, fuck bombs. And I don't even know whatever you get from Charles Barkley, which you never know what's going to come out of his fucking mouth every time he opens it, opens it. So the MJ Samuel Jackson one, like live Mike would be phenomenal. Like, I don't know how you would do that on cable. That might have to be like an HBO thing. You have to like pay-per-view it or something. <laughs> or it's just going to be a lot of beeps, but that one would be fantastic. And then, yeah, Charles Barkley on a golf course is always a good time. Um, 
Okay, so for mine, I have uh, I kind of have two. So one of them is Tommy Lasorda and Vince Scully uh, versus uh, Clayton Kershaw and our very own Tyler King. Uh, what? Watching, <laughs> watching Tyler King try to battle his nerves with those three legends, oh. I would pay good money for it. <coughs> good wow. money. And then to see him perform poorly because, let's be real, Tyler, you'd be crazy nervous would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. I love but, that. You get to hang out with Kirsch. Tommy, yeah. and no, I would so do that in a open. heartbeat. I would, sh- I would shoot a fucking two hundred and yeah, call those guys. That would give a fuck. <laughs> That'd be um, okay. My real one, my real one though. Um, I kind of went for like athletes who were sort of also kind of what Tyler did, sort of rivals, not on the same team though. But I have very specific things about them that I want to like be happening. So my first one is Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird but I want them like 1985 Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. So like the peak of their rivalry, the peak of the Showtime Lakers and the Celtics going back and forth. Um, I'm, you know, Larry Bird has been known for being one of like the biggest trash talkers ever and having those two battle out. Now they're like good friends. They're old. They all won their championships, whatever, but like in the peak of it. And then they have to be teammates would be awesome. Then my second pairing Specifically, 1998, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. But I want as many roids in them as possible. <laughs> like, I want to see, like, 800-yard drives. Like, I want to see that ball <laughs> flying. Because those guys, like, at the peak, when nobody cared or just didn't really, like, it didn't matter about them on roids, would be awesome. I don't even know if they'd be, like, physically able to swing a golf club like that because it's <laughs> so, like, freaking jacked. Um but that would be that'd be one of my dream matchups. Um, obviously, very specific like timeline on that. But um, I thought this was funny. Um, you know, if you guys have dream matchups that we didn't talk about, like let us know about it. I'd be curious to hear what you guys have to say. But uh, trading that's that's what I got for my fake the match uh, segment. Alex, that one was actually really fun. Um, what's nice is it was it was short and sweet, but it was hilarious. And every and now everybody can probably submit their own on our yeah. uh, on all of our social media outlets. So we and you know if you do, I I will say them on air next next uh, next go. week. Um, hopefully that brings some engagement. But we <laughs> we, we love engagement. Um, but we'll see. Um, thank you very much, Alex. Um, we're going to take one last break. And then we, when we come back, James is going to go through the North in football. I'm not saying which division because it's both divisions in the North. When we come back. And we're back. We're talking the North. We're talking the AFC. We're talking the NFC. North, James, go. <laughs> all right, we're doing the, all of the North is because I messed up. I did not do math correctly. Alex is about to do math correctly, which is going to be great for NBA. I messed up big time. But we're going to start with the NFC this week. Detroit Lions last season three thirteen and one. They're featured in Hard Knocks, and the first episode is tonight, which was about forty one minutes ago. So I'm currently missing that. Kind of sucks. But first episode of Hard Knocks is going to be great. They uh, gained wide receiver DJ Chark from the Jags, but they lost wide receiver Kadero Hodge. They also got uh, defensive end Aiden Hutchinson and wide receiver Jameson Williams in the first round of the draft. Their over-under right now sits at 6.5. Traden, over-under. Um, I, I, I'm going to say under. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to see 
Uh, I, you know, I'm going to say a rate at six. I'm, that's an improvement because they went, they got three games last year. Um, I'm going to say right at six. Um, I think that they're going to do better under Dan Campbell. I, 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 James, I, I agree with you. I think he's a good coach. However, I, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to make the large strides that we'd like them to make. Alex, what do you think? I'm going to go over. They've got to be better. Um, so you know what? And like, I have no ill will towards Jared Goff, so he can get him seven wins. And then Tyler. Yeah, I got them over too. I do agree that I, I have I agree with Alex. I got them at seven wins. I think that they're going to be much more competitive this year. I think, you know, so it's definitely still not a contender, but I think you're going to see a step in the right direction for the Lions. And I think that Lions fans are going to be excited about the future of this team. I think they got a lot of good things going in Detroit. I like their coaching staff as, as, as James likes as well. Um, so I, I, I like the, uh, the Lions at, at, at seven games. I like that. Moving on to fantasy, we got quarterback Jared Goff, who Alex doesn't hate. He's picked his QB 29, ADP 169, which is literally one pick ahead of Drew Brees, who's been retired for years now. That tells you how bad or how much people hate Jared Goff. But Alex loves him. DeAndre, we're not going to talk about him at all. There's no reason to. Running back DeAndre Swift, running back 8, ADP 18.7. Traden, on average, he's being picked 0.3 heads of Alvin Kamara. Who would you rather have? Um, I, you know... I kind of got primed for this, so I had a little bit of thought in this. I'm going to say take Swift. I'm going to say say Swift just because I think he's a large part of the of the offense in Detroit, like a like a big staple of uh, offense in that um, there. And more importantly, I don't know what we're if Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended or not. Um, it's still kind of up in the air, and nobody really knows. And that would be kind of a waste of a pick if he ended up being suspended. So I'm not taking that risk. Wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown out of Orange County. Really cool. Wide receiver 23, ADP 68. Last year was a pretty big revelation. He ended up as wide receiver 21. Tyler, does he end up as a top 20 wide receiver this year? I'm going to say, yeah. I think this kid, I think this kid's got a lot going for him. He was right on the cusp last year. You only got to believe that a kid like that who's, who's up and coming is only going to improve. Um, you know, obviously you can, you know, kind of take jabs at the quarterback and all that stuff you want to do, but. I think this kid has a lot of good talent, and I think you're going to see his production increase, which I think is going to put him into the top one. Uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson, tight end number seven, ADP 79. Last season, he averaged 7.1 targets. This season, we don't know. Alex, does he average seven or more targets per game this season? I want to say it's roughly right around there again. Um, obviously, that wide receiver room has gotten a little more crowded, um, you know, and there's some legit guys there and, you know, first round picks, um, you know, St. Brown, obviously we just talked about, um, you know, it's going to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. So uh, you might expect a little bit of, um, you know, targets coming back down a little bit, but like Jared Goff and tight ends have always kind of had this like really nice connection um, sometimes better than his wide receiver. So I feel like seven, you know, is a good spot for him. Does 7.1 targets that kind of puts you up top five tight end territory? Do you think he ends up as a top five tight end? I think it's a stretch that he does that. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of other really incredible tight ends, but if he does, it'd be like right at five, but I'm thinking he's more like six or seven. Okay, cool. Moving on to the Chicago Bears. Last season, there were six and 11. They fired head coach Matt and GM Ryan and replaced them with head coach Matt and GM Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Nagy is finally gone, and they also fired Ryan Pace, but they hired Matt Eberflus and GM Ryan Poles. 
Fun fact. Iberflus is the coach defensive coordinator, and now he's the head coach. Good for him. They gained Nikhil Harry from the Pats. He's currently injured with a high ankle sprain. But they lost outside linebacker Khalil Mack, who went to the Chargers. Allen Robinson, who went to the Rams. Jimmy Graham, who nobody really cares about, honestly, but I had to put him on there. And maybe Roquan Smith, the linebacker who demanded a trade today because he felt unappreciated. Over-under is set at 6.5. Alex, over-under. Under. Uh, as we all know, I hate Chicago. Um, we talked about this last couple of weeks. Uh, I have no faith in the Chicago team right now. Um, it would not surprise me if they are fighting for the number one overall pick. Tyler, what do you think? I agree. I got them at three three wins this year. It's going to be a long season in Chicago. Well. Yeah, it, it there's just not a lot going for them. I think they're setting uh, – I mean, I think Justin Fields is in a bad situation, man. I think this guy's a lot of talent, but the team around him is just shitty. I don't really believe in the, in the leadership of this team. It's, it, it's going to be tough for Chicago this year. Three wins. And then trading. They're fucked. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four just to give them a little bit and be different. And that's being generous that you lose Cleo Mack, you lose Aiken Hicks, you lose Belial Nichols and to Sean Gibson. On top of that, on the offensive side, you lose Allen Robinson, James Daniels and tackle Jason Peters. You are fucked. <laughs> All right, cool. Moving on to fantasy. Quarterback Justin Fields, quarterback 19, ADP 163, pretty much undrafted. Tyler, is there any circumstance where you draft Justin Fields? Not really, unless you're like, you have the worst luck ever. And like both, both your pick, your starting quarterback gets hurt and your backup starting quarterback gets hurt. Running back David Montgomery, running back 17, ADP 40. We talked a lot about Ezekiel Elliott last week, and he's not very popular. He's currently going three picks after David Montgomery. Traden, would you rather have David Montgomery or Ezekiel Elliott? You're, you're going to be shocked. I'm going to pick David Montgomery. And the reason is, is my hatred for uh, for uh, um, Zeke. And who else is there in, in Chicago? Nobody. He's the only one. That's all you got. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then wide receiver Darnell Mooney, who is the other person that you kind of want from Chicago. Wide receiver 25, ADP 73. Alex, Darnell Mooney's going one pick ahead of Cortland Sutton. Who do you want and why? Oh, my boy, Cortland Sutton, obviously. Uh, I mean, realistic, I mean, other than jokes jokes aside, would you rather have Russell Wilson throwing you the ball or uh, Justin Fields? It's Russell Wilson. So I would take Cortland Sutton there in a heartbeat. What about the fact that he's the only guy that, that you can throw the ball to as opposed to in Denver, you have Jerry Judy still? I don't care. Okay, cool. Well <laughs> wide receivers, like, I, even if there's two good wide receivers on one team, they can be productive in fantasy. I feel like it's way different than, like, running backs or tight ends or something. Love that. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. Last season finished 8-9. and nine. And this is another team that lost its head coach and replaced it. Mike Zimmer is out, and Kevin O'Connell, who was the Rams' offensive coordinator, is now the new head coach. Uh, this is no longer a run for his offense, according to Justin Jefferson. In the offseason, they gained outside linebackers Zadarius Smith from Green Bay and linebacker Jordan Hicks from Arizona. They did lose Anthony Barr and defensive tackle Michael Pierce. Over under is set at 9.5. Tyler, what do you think? I got them at over. I got them at 10 wins this year. I think I think they're going to make one final really solid push in the Kirk Cousins era. I think they're going to be all in and just kind of see, see what they can get out of, of, of this team as, as, as it's currently ex- assembled. I think they kind of had a weird year last year, but this is a team that's got a lot of good talent on it. Um, so I got them at 10 wins. Trayden, what do you think? 
I, I would have liked to see a little bit more in the off season. They did, they did pretty good, but I think, I, I just don't know if they're going to be fantastic. And I actually, I, I'm going to have them rate at nine. I have them rate at nine. Uh, I, first of all, I, Kirk Cousins, eh, whatever. Um, I just don't <laughs> Are know. Are you Eric? <laughs> I, I, I just don't know if I'm uh, if I'm huge on them. I, I haven't rated them. And then Alex. Yeah, this feels like a really good over under for them. Um, I'm going to go slightly over. I just think, you know, another year of Justin Jefferson just being a monster. Um, you know, I think they got better. I kind of I hate agreeing with Tyler all the time, but, um, you know, what he said was smart. I feel like they're going to kind of go for it with Kirk Cousins. Um, this feels like a team that got like, a little unlucky last year. Um, you know, I would say they're easily the second best team in this division. Cool. Moving on to fantasy quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who Eric and Trayden hate now, apparently quarterback 15 ADP 137. So in order for Justin Fields to be the number one overall wide receiver, which he plans to be, he says multiple times, he needs Kirk Cousins to throw him the ball. Alex is Kirk Cousins ADP too low to have these many weapons on his team. Um, I mean, I could see him maybe going into like, like 11 to 12 or something. Um, I don't think he cracks the top 10 right now. Um, he kind of feels like a really good backup to have for when, you know, your big boy has a buy or in case somebody gets hurt. But yeah, if Justin Jefferson thinks he's going to be number one and he has said that, um, you know, they're not going to, it's not a run first team anymore, then I guess Kirk has to be higher, but I don't really trust one receiver who's just talking to talk sometimes. <laughs> Let's go on. Uh, running back Davin Cook, ADP 6, or running back 6, ADP 11. Najee Harris is being picked one pick ahead of him. Traden, would you rather have Najee or Dalvin Cook? Well, um, you say, I, I think based, based on the fact that it's not quite the run first offense that you mentioned, I think that you probably take um, Najee here. Um, I'll, I will say that Dalvin Cook's numbers prior to that change we're pretty solid. I mean, he was easily getting um, a thousand over a thousand yards. He has a, he has a career average of four point seven yards per attempt, which is pretty pretty damn good. Um, but if if your if your offensive scheme's changing, that's a risk. Does it matter that he's a great pass catcher too? I, I, if you it, probably <laughs> probably does that does that change your answer? <laughs> um, I guess it would. I guess it would if if if. It, Cause he's still going to be a mainstay of the, of that offense and he's going to be a main part of it. So I, I guess it, you know, I didn't even take that into consideration, even though I should have. Okay. Uh, moving on to wide receiver. We have wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver two ADP six. And fortunately for Tyler, he has the top two wide receivers on his team as keepers. I'm so jealous. Uh, he has Cooper cup too. Crazy. Tyler, what percent chance did Justin Jefferson have at finishing number one overall for wide receivers? I do got the top two wide receivers, but I have like the bottom, like bottom of the barrel running back. So I need some help over there. So it, it, there's a give and take there. Uh, but percent chance that Justin Jefferson finishes number one. Um, I'm going to give him a 50% chance. I, I think this dude is this. I think like I said, I, I like guys that are trending upwards. He had, he had, he's had some great years. He had a great rookie year. He did even better the, 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 the next year. I think he's going to continue doing that. I think, you got to believe that Cooper cup's not going to have that same season last year. He was, that was just a historic season. So he's going to come down a little bit. Um, 
as I think if just Justin Jefferson stays healthy and I think this uh, Vikings offense is going to work really well, I don't see, I, I think he's got a really good chance of being number one. So I'm, I'm going to give him a 50, 50 chance. Other wide receiver, Adam Thielen going as wide receiver 33, ADP 86, Alex Hunter Renfro, Adam Thielen and Allen Robinson are all within one pick of each other. Which one would you draft? Uh, in PPR, Hunter Renfro, because he's a monster. Um, I think A-Rob with the McVay offense. I, either way, I guess my answer is Thielen last. Um, he, can't stay, he can't stay healthy. I think he's got the worst quarterback. He's got the biggest problem with Justin Jefferson on the other side. And, you know, A-Rob, we haven't seen him with a, you know, a competent cornerback in years. He could be a monster, but I, I think you would rather have those other two over Thielen at this point. Cool. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers, the last team in the NFC North. Last season, 13-4. and four. This offseason, they gained wide receiver Sammy Watkins, who was good for about two weeks. But they lost wide receiver Devontae Adams, wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, outside linebackers Darius Smith, and offensive lineman Billy Turner. I had to do a double take when I saw the over-under, so I'm obviously picking the under. But the over-under is set at 10.5. Trayden, what do you think? I'm going to say the under, and I think it's right at 10 because it's 10.5. They're in a pretty shitty division. So you, you, that, that helps. That really does help. They're still the, they're still the creme de la creme of the, uh, of the NFC North. I mean, that, that's the reality of it. Um, that alone is going to give them, you know, whatever it is, five, six wins. So there you go. Um, I, think this is a, I think this is a pretty solid team, even without, you know, the best wide receiver. Do I think that they are destined for the, uh, for the conference championship again? No. Or, or even maybe in a divisional championship, maybe not. But this team's definitely winning the division. This team's definitely going to get 10 wins. Alex? I have meant 11 wins, uh, and that's purely just Aaron Rodgers. That, like, that's it. Um, you know, he's there's no reason to assume that he won't do it again. Uh, I don't know how when you lose one of the best wide receivers, but um, I think, you know, there's two wins for the Bears, so there's that at least, so. Uh, I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give him 11, but that also feels like a really good number, um, to, yeah, to, for their over under. Yeah. And then Tyler. Yeah, I'm going over. I, I think the Packers, as much as they lost in the off season, as much as they're not the same juggernaut, I like the Packers a lot. I actually had about 12 wins. Um, oh. I just, I think they've got a lot going. I think there's been a lot of hype over how much they lost, but you got to remember how, how much they have as well. They still got Aaron Rodgers. I think they still have a pretty solid run game. I think their defense is, is very good. So let's not be overdramatic with how, with, with how much they lost. And expect, as Traden mentioned, this division is not that good. So they're definitely going to be – they're, they're going to have a lot of games in there that, 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 that they're going to win. So I like the Green Bay Packers with 12 wins. Moving, moving on to fantasy here, we got quarterback Aaron Rodgers, ADP 9 – or quarterback 9, ADP 77. Tyler, with nobody to throw to, really, of value, and zero rushing ability, is this way too high for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, I think with fantasy-wise, Aaron Rodgers is not, is not the same guy he used to be, as you mentioned. Like, less weapons, he's, he's zero run threat. There are so many – there are a lot better quarterbacks that have much more fantasy value than uh, Rodgers does. Running back Aaron Jones is going as running back 11, ADP 24. I believe he's on Traden's team, so I'm going to ask Traden this question. With nobody to, with Rodgers to throw to, is this too low for Aaron Jones? You could argue that, but then, I mean, I've seen AJ Dillon take a lot of uh, a lot of touches, so I think this is more of a committee than 
than we like to think, than I'd like to think. This is why I'm even considering not keeping him in our keeper league because I, I they might spread the ball around too much. However, um, if he does establish himself as as the the clear number one, then he's actually probably a bit low. But the problem is, is you don't know that going in. Um, so I, I just I just have a question mark around the the committee style of the uh, of the Green Bay Packers, albeit Aaron Jones is a hell of a running back. Wide receiver Alan Lazard, wide receiver 40, ADP 107. Alex, he's not a de facto wide receiver one in Green Bay. Last season, he had 513 yards and eight touchdowns. What are your projections for him this season? Uh, well, he's going to, you know, obviously, Will, without Devontae, he's going to start getting the number one corners on the other team. So that sucks for him. Um, 800 yards eight touchdowns um you know without Devonte, you're assuming he's got to have you know bigger workload involved um and he's you know still has aaron Rodgers throwing to him uh but he's not Devonte adams and you know people should not compare him to Devonte because that's not fair to either of them so you know he's probably a, a good wide receiver to have but you know don't expect him just because devontae has gone to just be a monster all of a sudden and that wraps up the nfc north moving on to the afc north this is a very competitive division last season. We're going to start off in Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens and start, ended last season 8-9. They gained free safety Marcus Williams, offensive tackle Morgan Moses, defensive tackle Michael Pierce, and running back Mike Davis. But they did lose Alejandro Villanueva and Derek Wolf to retirement. Sammy Watkins, we just talked about, to the Browns. And Marquise Hollywood-Brown to Arizona. And I'm, Sammy Watkins went to the Packers, not the Browns. I just saw his Brown name after over under is set at 9.5. Alex, what do you think? I have them over. Um, they had a lot of injuries last year. Um, you know, Lamar was hurt. Their running backs were hurt. Marcus Peters was hurt. All this crazy shit. Um, so I got them over. If they're healthy, I think it's 11. Tyler. Yeah, I agree with Alex. I got them at 11 as well. Um, I just got a gut feeling Lamar Jackson is going to have like a really good year this year. I think he had that MVP, that MVP season and just quite hasn't been the same sense. No really reason for it. I, I just feel it in my gut that he's going to bounce back in a big way this year. It's going to be a really, really tight division, but I think Baltimore with their quarterback and I think with, with, with their coaches, I think that they have the edge. And then Jaden. Um, I'll, I'll take the, uh, the over-under is at what? 10 and a half? I'm going to, I'm going to say, I, I'm actually going to say over, I'm going to say 10 wins. Um, this team got completely torched by, by, uh, injuries last season. Um, but to me, the passing game is still a question mark. I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not a full fledged thing. I know that Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback, but he's not the greatest in terms of throwing and is, he does have a decent, um, you know, a, a decent core to throw to, but it's not, it's not incredible. Um, they're a running team. They're a running team. And, um, you know, I, I think if everyone stays healthy, they're good for 10 wins. I, but I think that I, I'm not even very confident about that. Going right back to you for fantasy here. Uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson, quarterback number four, ADP 51. It seems like his rushing yards have been lower and lower each and every season after his MVP season. Does that worry you? Is quarterback four too high for him to be at right now? I I, I would say that that does worry me. I mean, it, it eventually we. I, I think I have said I said this a couple of years ago. Like we've seen this story before. We've seen these types of, of of quarterbacks come in and they can't sustain it. That they need to learn how to throw the ball and be and be very profi- more than proficient at it. 
in his division, we have seen a quarterback take that mantle in Joe Burrow. Um, we have seen Mahomes do it. We have seen um, uh, Alex's best friend do it. I mean, we, we've, we've seen those guys do it and they're still very mobile, but they're, they're they can sling the ball extremely well. Um, I, I, I do worry about that. And I'm, I'm not sure if I like him. I, I, I like him right there. Running back J.K. Dobbins going to running back 21, ADP 53. Tyler drafted him last year and then he proceeded to tear his ACL pretty much immediately. Tyler, what are your expectations of him after missing all of last season? Fuck, dude. Running backs in fantasy, man, I just have zero luck with. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess he'll do okay. I don't, I'm not expecting him to be kind of the same J.K. Dobbins as he was prior um, I, I think it might take him another year to kind of get his legs back under him until I think we can really trust him to be kind of this kind of the same JK that he was prior to his injury. But I, I, I think he'll do decent. I, I think he's a solid flex option at, at best. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman, who was a rookie last season, wide receiver 38, ADP 103. Alex, would you rather have Rashad Bateman or Devontae Smith from Philly? Oh, Damn, that's a really good one. Um, I'd probably pick Devontae Smith. Dude, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I think Rashad Bateman might be a better, like, fantasy wide receiver, but I, you know, we're all expecting a huge uptick with Jalen Hurts. So maybe you got to go Devontae Smith there. Okay. And then finally, let's talk about a tight end. Tight end, Mark Andrews. Tight end number two, ADP 28. Traden, he had nine touchdowns last season, which is a career high for him. Does he get 10 this year? Um, does he get 10? You say 10? 10, 10 touchdowns by a tight end? Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Um, I, I actually see you could I, I would actually argue there's gonna be um a slight regression. I I, I would set the over under at seven and a half, which means I could see it at eight. Um I with all the injuries they had, it was, it, it, he was all that they had at one point and, and, and he, and he was a good target um, and he will be targeted in the, in the, in the red zone again. And he did get 10 in 2019. Surprisingly. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just think that the whole team's going to be a lot healthier and I, I just, I, I think he's good for eight. Okay. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns last season, also eight and nine this off season, they gained Deshaun Watson, but he's going to be off at least for six games, probably more. Wide receiver Amari Cooper from the Cowboys and defensive end Chase Winovich from the Pats. They lost Baker Mayfield, who went to Carolina. Tight end Austin Hooper, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, and maybe Kareem Hunt. Depends. He demanded a trade, but management said no. We'll see how that pans out. Over under set at 8.5. Tyler, what do you think? The Cleveland Browns team is going to be one of the more interesting teams going in. I have them over at nine wins. Um, I think there's a lot going on off the field. Obviously, the, the Deshaun Watson thing is going to be a huge distraction for this team. And that being your quarterback, I mean, that's tough. Um, I do think this team has a lot of other good talent. So I think they're going to be competitive and they might be sneaky good. They might prove me wrong here, but um, I think they're going to be nine and eight. Trading. Distractions, distractions, distractions. I think this team's going down. I think this team's good for seven wins, maybe. Um, I think that they're in trouble. Um, I, I don't even know what to think about um, Deshaun Watson. I mean, we don't know. I mean, would you say six, six games minimum? could be the entire season then they're really fucked they got rid of uh they got rid of uh baker mayfield see ya um actually i would i i, I would uh would want it out but by the way he was treated there um i i just think that the, i don't know i think there's way too much 
um, noise and, and I don't, and I don't like it, especially when you have a, a Bengals team, that's going to be um, hot, hot under their ass to try to get the Super Bowl again. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be better because of the, as I mentioned, because of um, their health situation run. If you're a Baltimore or if you, I'm sorry, if you're a Browns fan. And then Alex. Yeah, I've got them under as well. Um, I just think there's too much, too much craziness going on there. Uh, who is the backup? Mm. yeah under <laughs> <laughs> he is a pretty serviceable qb I will he give is he but he's i don't think he is the type of qb that can lead a team to double digit wins it's fair it might be jimmy by the end of this uh off season we'll see mm. that would change my mind what's that i'll say that that would change my mind having jimmy garoppolo understand yeah but i can't i can't base it off that so yeah, that's true that's true. I get you. Fantasy wide receiver or not wide receiver quarterback Deshaun Watson, QB 17, ADP 154. Tyler, is there any scenario where you draft him and stash him and hopefully wait out the six games? Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch this guy. I think there's too much going on. There's no, I mean, yeah, he has, I guess, some upside if he, if all this stuff happens, but for me, it's not worth it. So I, 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 I would not touch him. Running back Nick Chubb, uh, running back 14, ADP 30. Trading. There's reports that Kareem Hunt wants to be traded, but management says no. He is, he's still currently on the team. But do you expect Nick Chubb's ADP to go up or go down? Or stay the it's same? gonna go up. It's gonna go way up. Um, Nick Chubb is is one of my favorite running backs in the game uh, uh, in the in the NFL. I absolutely love the guy. However, the problem with him in fantasy is it's a committee. Those two just it's almost 50-50. Sometimes it's even like 60-40, depending on the game. Um, if Kareem Hunt goes, I do, their depth chart completely disintegrates, and all of a sudden Nick Chubb is looking a lot better. The guy, the, the, though the way the guy runs, he is vulnerable to wear down. You know, wearing down because he's just a freaking Mack truck. That does worry me. But he, his ADP will obviously go up if Kareem Hunt leaves. And by up, you mean it'll be a lower number, right? He'll be drafted. He'll, he'll get drafted sooner. Got it. Cool. And then last but not least. Wide receiver Amari Cooper, wide receiver 27, ADP 75. Alex, Amari Cooper is going on average 0.4 picks ahead of your boy, Cortland Sutton. Who would you rather have? I still think you got to go with Cortland Sutton here. Um, Amari Cooper, we talk, we've talked about it for like two years now. He's very boomer bust, and that was with Dak Prescott as your quarterback. Now you're getting Joey Percet for possible six, six games, Jimmy G., who knows about the whatever that other guy? Um, so I think you got to go Cortland Sutton here. I mean, Amari Cooper is you know either two points or twenty five points, and that was with Dak. So I think you got to go Cortland Sutton. Moving on to the next team, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're definitely in the NFC North, um, AFC North. I mean, last season nine seven and one. Uh, this offseason, they definitely lost Big Ben to retirement and Juju, who went to the Chiefs. Not really sure who they gained, but their over-under is set at uh, 7.5. Trading over-under, what do you think? Oh, my God. I had to double do a double quick take. Like, what? No, they're so under. It's not even funny. I mean, you have Mitch Trubisky, which, what the fuck? Or the guy who shouldn't have a head in Mason Rudolph. He lost his head, I think, like, what, like three seasons ago? And, he's, I mean, he's not he's not really that even that serviceable. Uh I, I don't know. This team is going into a full rebuild. This is the rebuild. They need to go down to the studs. Ben, Big Ben's gone. 
you got to lose games to do that. So Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go under. Um, I still think there's a, you know, a decent amount of talent on this team though. Um, so I think they're like seven and seven and 10 and then trade Tyler. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go under as well at seven. Um, Alex, I'm hitting how much we agree with these fucking NFL segments. Yeah, it's really but, annoying. Yeah, I agree. I don't, trade, I don't think they're going to be that bad. Like, obviously, they're they're, they're, <laughs> they're not going towards a great direction, and it, it might get worse before it gets better. But I still like I, I still like this team as being a competitive team. Um, I think they're going to, you know, have some good uh, some good upset wins this year. But uh, certainly losing record, yeah, 7-10. Tyler, moving on to fantasy here. Uh, who is the quarterback going to be? Is it going to be Kenny Pickett or is uh, it going to be Mitchell Trubisky? Allegedly, it's Mitchell Trubisky. Who would you rather have? According to sources. Fuck. Uh, uh, I guess Trubisky since he just has some little bit more experience, but fuck, that's not that's not a good pick. I mean, to be honest, they're both going to be undrafted, so nobody yeah. really cares all that much. No. Moving on to the running back scenario here, you have Najee going at 10.5, which is half a pick ahead of Davin Cook. So, Trayden, would you rather have Davin Cook or Najee Harris? You already asked me this question. And um, I don't know if I'm going to change my mind because I did say Najee. But you did mention that Davin Cook is a good um, pass catcher. So, that therefore, that changed my mind. So, I did. I said Najee last time. I'm going to say Davin Cook this time to be different from myself. <laughs> from five minutes ago. It was like 10. But I mean, still. <laughs> Uh, and then last but not least, we're going to talk about wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, <coughs> the last one left. Uh, he did really well last season. He's currently going as wide receiver 17. Uh, ADP is 51. He's going right in between Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf. Alex, would you rather have Terry McLaurin with Carson Wentz, Deontay Johnson with who knows who, or DK Metcalf with your boy Drew Locke? <laughs> Uh, thank you for not asking about Cortland Sutton again. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> what would you have Cortland Sutton, who is <laughs> 20 picks later? <laughs> um, I'd probably take Terry McLaurin there. Um, I still think, you know, Carson Wentz has got a lot to figure out, but I think Terry McLaurin has probably the biggest upside out of all those guys. Okay, very cool. And then moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, last season, they went to the Super Bowl. 10 and 7, also because of AFC North. Uh, over under is set at 9.5. What do you guys think, Tyler? You first. I'm gonna go over. I think they're gonna repeat the same record 10 and 7. Um, and this is a, this is a, another team that it's really interesting to see how they're gonna play out. I think they had a much, they you know, they they exceed, they exceed expectations last season, so we'll see how they build off the, that momentum. Um, I don't think they're the best team in this division. Um, I like the Ravens kind of winning this one, but I think the Bengals got a lot. I think they add some pieces. Like I said, I think they got a lot of good juju going on. They got a little, like, they got a lot of mo- momentum. Um, so I like them at 10 wins. Uh, do you think that they get, make it back to the Super Bowl? No. Okay. Trading over under. Uh, I'm going to say over, but that's because they have a very strong start. They have a tough schedule, very, very tough schedule if you look at it, and it is daunting at the end. Um, they're going to need to string a lot together in the beginning. However, I will say that um, I, I, I think that they found a way to protect Joe Burrow at least better than they did, which is going to pay off in dividends. The guy is not going to be on his ass all the time, um, which helps. Um, so I, I do see them um, you know, going over. However, they are definitely not making the Super Bowl. And then Alex. Uh, I've got him over as well. I'm going to give him one more win. 11 and six math. Uh, 
I mean, I'm not going to say they're definitely not going to make the Super Bowl because, like, technically every team has a shot except for the Bears because fuck you, Chicago. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, realistically, they're probably not going to make it again. But um, I think that I think them in Baltimore will be fighting for this division title. Okay. Uh, moving on to fantasy, and we'll start with quarterback. Joe Burrow is quarterback 10. ADP is about 80. Tyler, we talked earlier about Aaron Rodgers and how he shouldn't be where he's at. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or Aaron Rodgers at the nine spot? Definitely Joe Burrow. I just, I, he's, he's got some better weapons with him. He's, he's, he's got, I think, the younger legs underneath him. Um, I think definitely Joe Burrow is a fantasy option is the, is the better option. And then moving on to running back Joe Mixon. Running back seven, uh, ADP is 14.8. Trading, we talked earlier about DeAndre Swift. Would you rather have Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift? They're about four picks apart. I like Joe Mixon, man. I mean, he had a he had a stellar bounce back season uh, last season, uh, and I just think that he's going to continue to be a part of this of this offense. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's a huge part of it, and and I just like that fact. And I think he's going to come off another great season. And moving on to the wide receiver room, we have wide receiver Jamar Chase, who did great in his rookie season, uh, going as wide receiver three. ADP is seven, and we also have T Higgins. Uh, wide receiver 11, ADP is 33. Alex, would you rather pay the premium and get Jamar Chase in round one or T. Higgins in round four? Uh, depends on where you're on the draft, obviously. Um, I think if you're a big believer, go for it. Like, go pick Jamar and hope that he repeats or even exceeds what he did last year in his sophomore season. Um, but I think T. Higgins in the fourth feels like a steal a little bit. That pretty much wraps up my... AFC and NFC North. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you very much, James. Um, the, that, that was lots of fun. The North is done. We will, we, what we have left, I think we have the South and the East. James, are we going to be doing two divisions for the rest of the season? Maybe one more time. One more time. Okay. So we're, I mean, we're only about back. 30 minutes. So it's not bad. We're, yeah. We're almost back up to, um, you know, back on time. Um, so one of these is going to, is going to be um, smacked up. So we have what, three or four weeks away from, uh, from kickoff uh, opening day or opening kickoff is the 8th august 8th thursday bills and rams there we go less less than a month away um that that is extremely exciting um so that is that wraps up 110 guys uh thank you very much for uh for sticking with us um this was you know these, these are extremely fun to uh to to um record and, and get out to you guys and we're hoping you guys enjoy it please um you know engage with us on our social media pages um, we, we love that engagement. Um, apparently I'm a, I'm an, I'm a good baseball guy. I know my baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, so, so what now, Tyler, huh? What now? Maybe I'm going to take your job. Let's do um, it. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's going to be fantastic. Just tune in and see what it's all about. We know there's going to be football, probably going to be baseball. And between Alex and I, who the fuck knows? It might be something great. It might be something fucking stupid. That's the, that's the fun of it every single week. Um, we hope you have a great week. Um, and we'll see you, see you next time.